This morning on Christ the King Sunday, we're going to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture, the story of the visit of Jesus to Mary and Martha's house in the village of Bethany. We need to look deeply within and consider what our one thing in life may be. And the question facing us this morning is, how do we truly live our lives in such a way that Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Please turn in your Bibles to the Gospel lesson, Luke chapter 10. I invite you to stand as you are able for the reading of God's holy word. Luke 10, starting with the 38th verse. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord... Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, today's story in the Gospel of Luke comes immediately after the time that a lawyer questioned Jesus, putting him to the test with this question, hey Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength, and you must love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, Jesus reminded the lawyer to, above all else, love God and others, to align himself appropriately by submitting to the sovereign will and authority of the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. King of kings, Lord of lords, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. Now you need to understand that at the time of this visit to Bethany, social codes were clear and very inflexible. Yet Jesus pushed the boundaries wide open. Just prior to Mary and Martha's story in Luke's gospel, we'll find the story of the Good Samaritan. That story and this one about a woman sitting at the feet of a teacher, a place where a male disciple typically would sit. Both of these stories represent marginalized persons as models for loving God and loving neighbor. Jesus was teaching about living in a radically different manner from that of society. Something that we need to pay attention to today, don't you think? Jesus was encouraging folks to choose codes of the kingdom rather than living by social codes of the day. Codes of the kingdom, then, where no distractions or distinctions or boundaries between persons were present. 
where Jesus was the main focus, King and Lord, and where all people are invited and welcomed and respected. So we have to understand that by sitting at the feet of Jesus, Mary was breaking all kinds of societal rules, and quite honestly, in that society and culture, she was taking on the role of a man. In the Mishnah, which is the Jewish rabbinical lore, men were instructed in this way. Let thy house be a meeting house for the sages, and sit amid the dust of their feet, and drink in their words with thirst, but talk not much with womankind. It's a testament to societal hierarchy of the time. So Mary's behavior then was a clear violation, a clear social boundary faux pas. Yet Jesus tells her that her choice, a choice of undivided attention, of devotion, and of adoration, is what he refers to as the one thing. And not only that, he went on to tell her that that one thing will not be taken away from her. I believe we have a lot to learn from this story. It's so very applicable to today, don't you think? When we're so busy and we're so often very distracted. And just in case some of you men have already tuned out, I want to to clarify something. This, This story is really not about gender. Jesus is teaching us about a heart issue, a posture of the heart in which we make living in his presence a daily priority. It's definitely a code and a distinct calling for all of us as Jesus followers. One thing, to me, it's the key to what I would call kingdom living. So first, let's look at Martha. She definitely was fulfilling her role set by societal standards, However, as scripture reminds us, she had disordered priorities and she was distracted by all of the tasks that needed to be completed. I can relate, can't you? I'm sure that most all of us in just the past few days have said, I don't know how I'm going to do it. There's so much to be done. I can't get it all done. And how many times do we experience the stress and the burnout and, and the weariness perhaps even anxiety, because there is so much to do. With the pace of our society and the ways society encourage us to do more and to spend more, we honestly are all very easily distracted, unable to see clearly, and as a result, we often have a very limited sense of God's direction for our lives. Now, Martha was a very hard worker, taking the tasks at hand very seriously. Please understand, it wasn't that she was doing bad things. She was honoring the presence of her Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. She was wanting everything to be just right. But as Christian author Melissa Spolstra states, good things become idolatrous when we allow them to take God's place in our heart. 
The truth is, distracted people distract people. Martha, Martha, Jesus said, you're worried about so much. You're you're so distracted, but there is a need of one thing. Mary has chosen the better part. So what is Mary's better part? It's that devotion, adoration, undivided, unhindered attention and focus. Something that will never be taken away. It was a choice on Mary's part. A choice that allowed her to live with purpose, to live a life of meaning that had effectiveness and power. And when we turn our eyes on Jesus, it's that bifocal faith. How cool was that? Bifocal faith that David prayed about. When we turn our eyes upon Jesus, that focus produces gifts of the Spirit, the joy of our salvation, the gifts of the Spirit, nothing that we can accomplish on our own. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us and to work within us, when we choose to put Jesus as Lord and King of our life, then fruit is produced. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mary was so humbled to be in the presence of Jesus. Can't you just imagine it? She didn't want to miss a moment. So she stopped what she was doing. She dropped everything and sat at his feet. In Mary's eyes, no one or no thing was more important. And you see, because the spirit of the living God resides in us, we have that same opportunity. We can follow Mary's example. We can turn our eyes upon Jesus, and we can figuratively sit at his feet while we are going about the daily activities of our daily life. When we rely on the Holy Spirit to draw us in drawing us closer to Jesus Christ, all we need to do is simply acknowledge him and we continue to grow. It can happen while we're driving. It can happen while we're at school or at work, while we're waiting in a parking lot, while we're cooking, while we're at the gym working out, while we're running errands. Any time we choose to prioritize Jesus as King of Kings and Lord of our lives, It will happen, and we will continue to grow closer. It's a posture of our heart. It's a choice. When we choose, when we long for the desire, the hunger and thirst to to see him more, to feel him, to experiencing him, to, to hear his voice, and to grow more in relationship. I read... Uh, 20th century evangelist Smith Wigglesworth every day, and this is one of his powerful statements. He said, we are changed into the object on which our gaze is fixed. In other words, we grow much more like that which we focus on. So if we want to continue growing in the likeness and image of Jesus Christ, if we want to continue following his example for loving and living and serving, then we must arrange our life around him and have him be the center 
of our lives, of our families. Y'all did that this morning. When they brought their children for baptism, they made a powerful statement to each one of us that they want to see with different eyes. They don't want their children just to see with natural eyes, but with spiritual eyes. They have professed their faith in Jesus, and they are choosing to bring up their children in such a way that they will learn who Jesus is. That will never be taken away from you. So here's the truth of the gospel. Prioritizing Jesus Christ and arranging our lives around his presence isn't going to happen if we focus on what our friends are doing, if we continue to allow comparison and competition to rule. It's not going to happen when we follow society's norms or cultural standards. It's not going to happen when we pay more attention to Uh, consuming and, and assuming material assets. It's not going to happen by watching hours and hours of news on TV. Rather, it's going to come when we follow Mary's example and choose one thing, living in the presence of Jesus, undivided devotion and attention. Otherwise, If we choose to live outside and we choose to let distractions take over, we'll become even more lost and confused, stressed and anxious, disillusioned even. I know you've experienced it. It's a holy two-by-four that I'm hit with sometimes. You know how you spend hours in front of a TV or computer screen or you're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or checking your email over and over again, you're playing games on your phone, you're watching the news or you're just kind of mindlessly sitting in front of a screen, not really even comprehending what's going on. And then all of a sudden you and I wake up and we wonder where the time has gone. Let me just say that is not how we prioritize Jesus in our lives. It's an intentional choice, this one thing. It's a commitment. And I'm going to quickly give you some ideas of what that might look like. Now, this is stuff that I love to do. And because of time, I'm going to to just quickly outline these. But if this is resonating with your spirit, I would love to sit with you. And let's figure out in your life how you might choose to prioritize Jesus even more effectively. Here are some ideas. Number one, meditating on scripture each and every day. By meditating, I don't mean just read your upper room or a devotional in the morning and check the box because you've done what a good Christian person should do. Meditating means taking a passage of scripture and allowing it to be absorbed into the very fiber of your being. Perhaps even keeping that same scripture and reading it and dwelling upon it morning and noon and night. Number two, choosing to simplify or to scale down and truly believe that less spending, less TV and computer time, less time on our phones and our iPads means more time with Jesus. Number three, choosing to spend time in solitude and silence each and every day. 
not allowing distractions to bother us. Would you agree that we live in a very noisy, busy world? I encourage you, 10 minutes a day, turn everything off. Follow Jesus' example. Go by yourself. Meditate on scripture. Allow that time to listen for his still small voice. Take a walk and enjoy the beauty of God's creation as he reveals himself to you and to me. Number five, taking time to worship personally and publicly to pray. You know, a couple years ago, uh, our Connect worshiping body started praying the Lord's Prayer every time we saw the dome of the courthouse. Sometimes we go downtown many times a day, and families were transformed by the power of that prayer. Perhaps God is calling you to pray that prayer each day or to claim our territory, our community as one in which Jesus Christ is Lord and King. Number six, being aware of the people around us, slowing down and taking time to listen to them, and to live a life of service in our everyday interactions, living and loving and simply being kind, like Jesus modeled. Number seven, it means to not be in such a hurry. And it means to be willing to let something slide so we figuratively can sit at the feet of Jesus, becoming more and more uh, naturally a way of life. And finally, I believe it means having dove's eyes. Now, you know in Scripture, the dove is a, a representation of the Holy Spirit. And as I said before, when we truly rely on the Holy Spirit within us, then we are empowered. We are uh, able to receive wisdom and revelation. And we are re- able to receive help to discipline ourselves in such a way that we will continually commune with Jesus in a deeper fashion. Ask for God's help. Ask for revelation, for wisdom, for guidance. Dove's eyes. Did you know that the shape of a dove's head, um, because of that, they can't move their eyes like we humans can? You probably knew this. I was fascinated as I study. So doves can only focus on and see one thing at a time. Doves also mate for life. We often see, just look, doves flying together, often side by side, and sometimes I have literally seen them almost landing at the same time. You see, doves have eyes only for each other. So having doves' eyes then means to focus on Jesus, the lover of our souls. Having dove's eyes means that we will be more spiritually aware of his desire and his purpose for our lives. Dove's eyes, not allowing our natural eyes to distract us from the kingdom living. Not getting caught up 
in the wild striving to complete the tasks at hand, the doing and the going and the spending, but to enter into an ever-deepening relationship with Jesus for life. You see, that's holiness. That's what John Wesley, the founder of United Methodism, taught. Holiness, to be set apart, to carry a heart posture, or to have a heart condition that chooses to honor Jesus in all things because we love him. It's my prayer that the lyrics of of a Misty Edwards song be our heart's intent. She sings, I don't want to talk about you, Jesus, like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing and worship to you. I believe that you're listening, and I believe that you're moved by the sound of my voice. Give me dove's eyes. Give me undistracted devotion for only you. And finally, perhaps we all need to pray a prayer like this one I've adapted from Ted Loader. Holy One, there's something I need to tell you. But there have been errands to run and bills to pay, arrangements to make, meetings to attend, friends to entertain, homework and laundry to do. And I forgot what it is I wanted to tell you. Sometimes I even forget, God, what I'm about. Oh, God, don't forget me, please, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Eternal one, there's something I wanted to tell you, but my mind races with worry and watching and weighing and planning with slights and grievances and with leaky dreams I try to plug up. My attention is preoccupied with loneliness and doubt, with things I covet, and I forget what it is I wanted to say to you and how to say it honestly or... Really, God, how to do much of anything. Oh, God, don't forget me, please, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Almighty One, there's something I wanted to tell you, but I stumble along the edge of this rage, haunted by fears, and I really forget the real question I wanted to ask, because quite honestly, God, I forget to listen anyway. Sometimes you seem just so far away. I forget what it is that I've forgotten. Oh God, don't forget me, please, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Oh Father in heaven, you already know what I wanted to tell you. What I wanted to ask is, forgive me. Heal me. Increase my courage, please. Renew in me a little more love and faith and sense of confidence and a vision of what it might mean to live as though you are number one. To live as though I mattered and everyone is my sister and brother. What I wanted to ask in my blundering way is, God, don't give up on me. 
please don't become too sad about me, but laugh with me and try again with me. And I will with you, too. What I wanted to ask God is for peace and for courage. Courage enough to want and work for more devotion. To have joy enough to share. And for awareness that is keen enough to sense your presence. Here, now, there, then, always. Amen.